Greetings, Star Wars fans, and welcome to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. Uh, it's just me, Andrew, and Marisha tonight. Hello. And we're going to talk about uh, an article that was in Bloomberg this week. We're going to talk about some of these crazy rumors that are starting to pop up as everybody's searching desperately for something to talk about uh, Star Wars. And uh, I'm sure we've got some other things, other things to talk about. But in the meantime, is there anything new going on or new series that you're excited about or anything you've been watching that you're excited about? Hmm. I just started The Boys yesterday, and it is really grisly, but intriguing. I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, it's rough. Like, there there are some some very graphic scenes, mm-hmm. but as far as the storytelling goes, it's some of the best, maybe the best superhero TV show I've seen done yet. Not suitable for younger viewers no, or listeners. No, no, no. Definitely not one to watch with your kids. Yeah, we've been watching I Love Lucy with the kids. It's a big hit. Like, pretty much every time there's been a lull in anything for the past two days, they said, Mommy, can we watch I Love Lucy now? They didn't believe me when I said it was funny. They, I don't think they thought that anything that was black and white was actually capable of being funny, but they were wrong. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm really excited right now. I found out a few days ago that my one of my favorite duos, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, have a TV show coming to Amazon. Ooh, where they're going to play ghost hunters. Oh, geez, that's just what the world needs. Uh, that that should definitely be interesting. Yeah, I you need- think they'll get Josh Gates on for a special episode. Do <laughs> <laughs> some destination truth moments there. Yeah, I'm not. I, I haven't haven't really seen a whole lot about what they're going for with it, but with those two, it's bound to be it's bound to be fun, and um, it's going to be interesting to see who shows up. Yeah, for because sure. Because they've always got kind of a revolving group of people that that tend to show up in their stuff and i'm, I'm also i haven't seen who's writing it so I'm, I'm curious to see who's doing the writing on it yeah that'll be interesting yeah and as far as something completely different we've been rocking some um de- uh, expedition almost a destination truth some expedition unknown over here and that's been a big hit with the kids they like the, you know, exploring and doing interesting things. Elijah has declared he wants to go digging for tunnels, hidden tunnels, right? Yes, he wants to go explore hidden tunnels. Yes. So we're going to have to watch some Indiana Jones. I was going to say, just wait till he sees Indiana Jones. He'll be hooked for life. Yeah, we may have a, a small uh, archaeologist. archaeologist on our Wouldn't hands. Wouldn't he we'll... be an adorable little Indiana Jones, <laughs> though? We could take him to cons and get him a whip. And... Well, you know, after you show him Indiana Jones, you're probably going to end up making that costume yeah. for a con. So. That, that's a pretty easy one, though. Like, you buy the shirt, you buy the pants, you buy the jacket, you buy the hat. I like those kinds of costumes. We need more of those <laughs> in our lives. Yeah, it's a mixed bag, though, because, yeah, you don't have to do all, spend all the time making them, but they generally cost more. Yeah, it's true. Although a lot of that stuff could probably be ha- had. Although, honey, have you hand. seen the price tag? On no, I, I, I actively <laughs> uh, try to avoid the price of the building price. these costumes. He doesn't know how much money he spends making his children cute. I've got an idea. <laughs> 
I'm yeah, actually in particular when we get close to a big convention like he's like where's like, all the money going well not just that like i saw somebody talking about how weird leading up to dragon con how strange their amazon cart is and i was like yeah i don't even look at my amazon cart when we <laughs> no. get close to a con because no it, not only is it going to be really weird, I just don't want to see the sticker price on it. You don't want to know how much it costs. <laughs> I don't. Although I have to say, I'm really, I'm really proud of myself. We're doing um, our big like group we're doing for Dragon Con here in a couple of weeks, a week and a half after we move. Yes, you heard right. We're moving Saturday and we're leaving for Dragon Con the next Wednesday. But anyway... Um, we are going to be uh, Beauty and the Beast group. The kids are going to be Lumiere and Plumet and you know, the little feather duster maid and Mrs. Potts. And I've, sp- I mean, I'm pretty proud of myself. I probably spent 50 bucks on the entire, all four of us. I'm going to be Belle because I feel like I deserve to be the interesting character for once, right? They're going to be way cuter than I am. And I'm just going to carry the bag. That's your job. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know of a whole lot. I, we should be coming up on a time of year where we should start getting some announcements of what's coming in the world of sci-fi and fantasy for the next year or two. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we already know some of the big ones that we're waiting we're on. We're waiting like on Dune. Dune. We're and, waiting on, you know, the Lord of the Rings series. Right. Or our, the Middle Earth series. I don't guess it's actually going to technically be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't think they've quite decided what to call it. It just keeps getting referred to as Lord of the Rings, but it's it's Second Age. Right. So it's it's not the, the Lord of the Rings. There are no rings, right? Well, they could be doing the story of the creation of the ring. Right. I guess that's true. Or the all of the rings, right? The ones who... Right, the rings of the power. The smiths who make all the rings. And right, because they were forged in the Second Age. So I we mean, could seriously, be doing... though, are, you don't think they're going to go do, you know, like Beren and Luthien and the Silmarils and well, Gil-Galad was the first Elven age King? stories, right? Yeah, but Beren and Luthien also deal with the Silmarils. Like, they were created in the First Age, but they were still being lost and tracked down that they, okay. they they steal the silmarils out of morgoth's crown right one of them yeah now i fully suspect we could get some of those stories we don't really know how many episodes we're getting how long this show's going to run i hope it runs forever for, yeah I, I hope it runs for years i hope it's great but we don't really know what we're getting so i feel like they kind of have to start like, we're huge Tolkien fans. Right. I don't know how much Tolkien the general public knows other than having read The Hobbit when they were in school. Right. And, and, I, don't even know, and I don't even know if they do. I, you know, I don't even know if schools... That was mandatory reading when I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade. But right. I don't know that The Hobbit is on those lists anymore. It should be if it's not. But, you know... I, it's I, on our list. <laughs> right. So... I mean, most people, most, I think, probably saw the movies. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, your general Tolkien audience today, you have a lot of hardcore high fantasy fans that are all about Tolkien. Mm-hmm. But your general Tolkien fan might have read The Hobbit and has watched the movies. A hundred times. And <laughs> so I don't know that you can go... A Too nit- I don't know that you can start off by going in deep dive into the Silmarillion... Or Baron and Luthien, or, or these these other stories, like doing kind of a Middle Earth, doing the Second Age and the the creation of the rings and how 
kind of showing who was in yeah. power so that we see how things changed between right. the when the elves were at their peak of power. I mean, if you're if you're yeah, that's true. So we're, we get the time of the elves kind of see their fa- see them fade. Right. I mean, if they're going for I mean, I think that they're kind of after the Game of Thrones audience and there's some real Game of Thrones storylines in a couple of those tragedies. It's true. The Children of Huron. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good one. But it's definitely a tragedy. Yeah. Tolkien, he liked some tragedies. No, most of the best writers can write tragedy. Overlooked. It's, it's overlooked in a lot of things, including modern cinema. Yeah, and that's true because who doesn't want a happy ending, you know? Right. Which is part of what, pre- I'm going to preface this by saying, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I've read the first book. I've watched like two episodes. That's my full extent of Game of Thrones. But it seemed to me that a lot of what made people mad was that there were a couple of characters that didn't get their their fairy tale happily ever after. Yeah. And you know, I don't just from the first reading the first book, I never thought that that story had a happy ever after. No. Ending. And no. And most, you know, I mean, it's based on you know historical. You know, dynasties and sagas and the War of Roses and all of that drama. And most of that doesn't end very happily. Yeah. I mean, even finally, you look at the War of Roses, you know, you finally, you have these two warring houses. You finally get the one who's related to both sides. He, you know, manages to get rid of all the competition, has two sons. One of them dies and the other one can't have a son. The dynasty that, that you know, everybody th- fought and bled for and died for just died. And that's kind of how it goes. Right. But, you know, some of the most persisting stories in in the English language are tragedies. Yeah. You know, you sure. look at the ones that you pull back and you look back at, and these are the classics. These are the ones that are hundreds of years old. Everybody still reads. Right. Romeo and Juliet. A lot of them are tragedies. And mm-hmm. there's something very, th- that you can really connect with in yeah. a tragedy because life's not all happy endings. It's not. I mean, and, and that's why there's a lot of people that really, it really bothers them and they don't like Rogue One because everybody died at the end. Right. It's the reason that Rogue One will persist as one of the best Star Wars movies. And as it ages, it will just move up people's lists. I think you're right. Because it's the only one that dared to tell a tragic story. I I think you're right because ultimately, I mean, and I think that that's the reason that episode three is my favorite because it's so, it, it is a tragedy. Like if that, if that's where the story ends, it's just straight up tragic revenge of the sith yes yes yeah yeah if your story ends there it, it it's definitely you know there's a tragedy of anakin skywalker yeah and i mean and and ultimately his story arc even though he gets his little upswing there at the end is still a tragedy right well his, you know his, his 30 all... seconds of redemption you know, that his life is still well, his, tragic. Right. And his redemption is only within the scope of the force and in the eyes of his son. Right. You know, we're not talking about like, you know, he was redeemed and had he lived, he would have been fighting by the rebels the next day. Right. Because, you know, we see in the, the stories, even in the old expanded universe and in the new canon where people never really forgave him. Mm-hmm. And most people are completely unaware of the fact that at the end, 
he turned. Well, like if somebody tells you, well, you know, at the end, Hitler was real sorry. And All right. nobody cares. Nobody cares how sorry Hitler was. <laughs> right. That was always one of the fun things in the expanded universe with Revan. Mm-hmm. When, when you got, by the time, you, you know, you play Revan's story in the first Knights of the Old Republic, but then you mm-hmm. get to the second game and it's after all of that has happened. And people talk about Revan, you know, the villain, and others are like, mm-hmm. well, I heard that at the end he turned and killed Malik. And there's this, because, you know, at the end he just goes off in, you know, to the edges of the galaxy and vanishes. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of this myth, and nobody's real sure where he stands. He's on. confusing. Right. Well, he's almost becomes a myth. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've got this week, and we've kind of been over some of this, but I think this is from a little bit new perspective. You know, we heard earlier this week that Disney had a big shortfall for the quarter. Right. Um, now, it does seem like a lot of that, they took on a lot of things from Fox. Mm-hmm. That weren't necessarily poised to be the most successful things ever. Well, you know, Fox, like, had just, they never really knew, like, they would make a couple of good X-Men movies and then a couple of just disastrously bad ones. Right. And unfortunately, this last one was apparently one of the really bad ones. So Fox, and I mean, I guess Disney inherited the cost and, and then it didn't do well. And right. There were a number of others, but they specifically blamed the Fox properties, whether the Fox properties were a scapegoat. Right. They were at least a factor. They, they might have just simply been an excuse to do what they did, which was to move all Marvel, all comic book properties over under Kevin Feige's purview. Why wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Well, I think I mean, there the man been is some... golden. He's he's the Midas of comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Everything that man touches turns to gold. If you owned the largest uh, comic book catalog, why wouldn't you give it to him? Right. Well, at this point, he he is rapidly becoming. When all said and done, he will be. As far as comic book history. He will be to comic book movies what, you know, people like Stan Lee were to comic books. And what Walt Disney was to animation. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the first to do animation, but he took it to a whole new level. Right. And and Kevin Feige's not the only person making comic book movies, but he's the only person consistently making really good comic book movies. Yeah. Other than, you know, outside of Marvel... Yeah, you had the... Hit or miss. Well, you had the Dark Knight trilogy, which is really mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. And then you had... Wonder Woman was great. Wonder Woman was, was really good. And Aquaman is really good. And Shazam is really good. Yeah. Everything else they've done in with DC has been a disaster. And then they can't even decide what they want to do. You know, they've got this new Joker movie coming out, and it somehow doesn't, like, fit within any of the other... <laughs> Within the other universe, and I believe they're right. already rebooting Suicide Squad. Yeah, and it's just a big mess. Mm-hmm. And but the the problem is, is nobody has ever done what Kevin Feige did. Let's make a hundred movies and make them all interconnected. Right. I mean, at That's this point, crazy. you're talking what, like twenty two movies? Yep. Twenty two movies over eleven years. You know, now he wasn't over all of them, but 
But he's still. But he's the one that when it he, when it he, finally the, got going. In fact, he he's the one that really ramped up the production there, right. and that's why we keep saying Lucasfilm's got to find their Kevin Feige. Yep. Like, if they want to follow that success, and this is not me saying they need to follow the Marvel model. Right. I, I'm, I don't. I, they don't need to follow the Marvel model, but they do need to look at the success of the Marvel model and yeah. see what of that they can use. And yeah. having someone who can see the big picture 10 years down the road yep. is a part of that. And they clearly don't have anybody doing that right now. Yep. Which is why they've slammed on the brakes. Yeah. Now, the other side of that is the attendance numbers for the park. Right. You know, word on the street is. It's not word on the street, though. And at this point, we've seen numbers. Okay. The numbers are down. Now, they don't release, the Disney parks themselves don't release the numbers, but like the the tourism board in Orange County does. You know, I don't know where the numbers exactly come from, but, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen, they, they've said that the numbers are down, but it seems that the numbers in the park in general are down. Right. There's all this talk. Of course, we were also told, well, the lines are going to be four hours long, and mm -hmm. so... We said, we'll go in two years. And I wonder if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot doing that. Because let's be honest, if you don't live mm -hmm. near Anaheim or if you don't live near Orlando, it's cost prohibitive for yes. most people to go to Disney World. Yes. And who wants to go to Disney World and stand in the hot sun for... An entire day to ride two rides. Right. Nobody. Right. With you, their kids? Right. Your, no. a, your average family cannot afford to go to Disney every year or even every other year. Right. So it's possible that a lot of people said, well, if the lines are going to be that bad, then we'll just wait yep. and save our money. And because they weren't going to go this year with hopes of going again next year. Right. They just will say, we'll put our trip back until the lines die down. And, and I mean, and while we're, while we're talking about this, let's be honest. I, like, again, it's so expensive. I know the economy is doing better in most sectors. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my income has declined two years in a row. Right. So. And you're not the only one. Because right. Because you work in real estate. You know, <laughs> if your job isn't booming, there are other things that aren't booming, too. Right. So. There are a lot of things that could be causing numbers to be down at the parks. Right. Um, so jumping on this, oh, it's a failure bandwagon is a bit much. Now, trying to pretend like, oh, the numbers are fine. That's also not okay because they're not. Right. The numbers are not what they've expected, judging by, you know, you can look and see what wait times on lines and all that stuff is. Mm -hmm. It's clearly not as busy as they said. Now, they may launch Orlando because that's coming up real quick here. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that it's going to be a totally different story. I mean, I get the impression that Disney World and Disneyland are two totally different ball games. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't think the parks are going to be a failure. I do think they might have to give some consideration to some things where, you know... I understand what the ideal was, was to have this immersive park that's set within the storyline. It's a really cool idea. Right. Execution on that was never going to be easy. 
Yeah. Especially when, you know, some people, for some people, the original trilogy is the only Star Wars they care about. Right. That's just a fact. That's not me bashing the prequels or the sequels. It's just that for some people, the only Star Wars they care about are the ones they fell in love with when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And and they're really not interested in the other stuff. Right. And... And which is valid. Right. So, excluding the original trilogies from the park, whatever the reason is, seems... It seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Now, they, you know, they didn't do it totally. I mean, the Falcon's there, and Chewie's there, and you, you got some things that are there. But we don't but... have Luke. We don't have Leia. We don't have Han. Right. I mean... We don't have old school stormtroopers. We don't... You know, there's, there's a lot of things we don't have. Yeah. So... Why did they choose to limit themselves to the sequel era? Because they wanted the park, they want you to be able to walk into a time and place within within the sequel trilogy. Right. You're walking there in the midst of this story. So you're you're not just there and it's Star Wars stuff. You're there and you're part of the story. Right. You're walking into a living history right. scenario. So it's a really neat idea. And it was unlikely that they were going to hit it just right on the first go. That's true. I there's a I hear there's such mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. It's there's people that love it. There's people that hate it. Most people seem to be somewhere in the middle, as with most things in life. Mm-hmm. It was going to always take them a little while to tweak things and get it just right. Yeah, I think you're right. So the other thing that we've got going on here is. You know, as far as kind of the money issue that Disney's having right now. I mean, you know, they want this investment to work. They spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, there's no telling how much money. I mean, the $4 billion is one thing, but I don't know how much they spent to build that park. Two of them. I can't imagine how much they spent to build that park. Um, So this is a big investment. Yeah, for sure. And they can't seem to figure out. You know, what's going on? Of course, this article is was written by Creighton Harrison. Uh, it was in Bloomberg earlier this week. The title is Star Wars is Struggling to Win Over the Next Generation of Kids. You know, the article goes through some of the reasoning, talks about the original trilogy, talks about the decline in theme park attendance over the last quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we've talked about, that could be any any host of things and we'll see when Orlando, when it opens in Orlando, it may be a totally 100% different thing. The other thing was after the force awakens toy sales, they just didn't happen. Really? Well, that's why, I mean, they're still not happening. That's why I bought these solo figures for these, these card backs. These things were like $14 originally. I bought them for a dollar a piece. Yeah. Those, those $80, uh, vintage tie edition fighters. TIE Fighters that I bought for $5 a piece. Yeah. Toy sales were have been really, really broken. Now, a lot of people are pointing at that and saying, well, Star Wars is failing because toy sales are down. But my question is, is are kids playing with toys. that kind of toys as much as they used to? I mean, I don't think I mean, they're so. clearly playing with toys some, but I mean, how many kids you see running around with a phone or a tablet? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, like, so our kids are a little bit of an anomaly because they're here all day. They, you know, they don't have a lot of influence from their friends who all have phones. 
But, I mean, given their druthers, they would spend all of their time sitting in front of the TV or playing a mindless game on their tablets. Mm -hmm. And that's not a new phenomenon, but it has definitely gotten increasingly, yes, it has gotten easier and it's become more pervasive. I mean, how many nights do you get on to play Xbox online and the entire lobby is 10-year-olds? Yeah. Yeah, you're running, I mean, you play the multiplayer games online. There's, gonna be, there's a lot of kids on there. So, you know, I'm just not convinced that toy sales are not struggling. I mean, I mean, Toys R Us went out of business. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I just, something. I don't know that you can point at declining toy sales right. as indication You would of, have to look at what are toy sales overall doing before you could point a finger at that and say Star Wars is failing because... They're not selling as many plastic lights. I mean, like action figures is is really... And the thing about action figures is they exist to help you act out your imaginary self. Right. They don't. You don't need action figures to act out your imaginary self. You have an avatar that can do way cooler things right. than your plastic on solo can. Well, you also have... They put a lot of weight behind... Some of these things, like these card back figures with the very vintage, with the vintage card backs. Yeah. I mean, these Black Series figures are like 20 bucks a pop. Right. They're not the kind of things people are going to run out and buy for their eight-year-old. Right. They're for collectors. They started marketing toys towards the adults who are going to stick them on a shelf. Right. Which is fine, but you can't use that as an argument for Kids aren't buying toys. Well, you didn't make these you made them toys for kids. You know, I mean, yeah, make a. I mean, so let's let's talk about the the Marvel action figures. They're like nine bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you if you kind of shop the sales, you can get. I think a oh, lot just Captain America at Christmas was five. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, eh, twelve maybe, but like. 20 bucks for an action figure and those are the big ones those are like the 11 inch ones right now they're not as nice and as detailed as these pretty ones that they're making for star wars but your kids that are too young to play video games don't need a six inch tall figure they're for ages 14 and up right so that's kind of the whole thing is i'm unwilling to connect toy sales to the success of a franchise movie franchise now granted Toy sales have always been a big part of the Star Wars phenomenon. But as we, we've been discussing completely independently of Star Wars, I mean, how many businesses have had to completely change their models or go extinct mm-hmm. in the past 15 years? I mean, Sears was like king of the world for 100 years until they just couldn't keep. I mean, and what they did worked. Mm-hmm. What they did worked. And what George Lucas did 40 years ago worked. What he did 20 years ago when The Phantom Menace came out worked. But that doesn't mean that the exact same model is going to work today. The world is totally different than it was when we were kids. It just is. Right. And so you can't say, well, the exact same things that we did 20 years ago were successful, but they're not successful anymore. So that means no one likes, that's not true. Well, I mean, you know, and there are a lot of people that just don't have a disposable income to go right. spend that kind of money on, on action figures. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, you know, they, they wrote a whole section of this article is based on toy sales. 
and I, I'm not buying toy sales as an indication of whether or not kids are liking Star Wars. And I'm seeing, though, like, you know, Star Wars, just kids that I see. I see a lot of kids running around with Star Wars t-shirts. Just kids I pass at church. Kids that we know from the community. You know, I'm not just seeing... You know, and, there, and you say, oh, I like your shirt. And they're like, oh, yeah, Darth Vader's the coolest, you know. Like, so from reactions that I'm getting from actual children, and not just ours, because granted, ours are kind of brainwashed. Um, and, and not just ours, but those in immediate proximity. But just kids in general, you know, I, I, I find that, like I said, just judging from the sheer number of Star Wars shirts that I see on bodies, on kids, I'm going to say kids don't hate Star Wars. There are a lot of things going on here. Um, there are things I have problems with and things that I don't. Um, now, this article, it, it points, it says one thing that, that immediately makes me discount the validity of the person writing this article. Okay. And they talk about, about Han Solo, about Solo, mm-hmm. and about the, this, the phrase totally is, last year's spinoff featuring the backstory of beloved characters, utterly bombed. Utterly bombed, yeah. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, the movie made money. Right. And the movie was expensive to make. When a movie that expensive makes money, it's not. it, it didn't bomb. Just because it didn't make as much money as... Your other, it, it made comparable amounts of money to some to several of the Marvel movies that are considered successful. Right. Well, you know, they Bob Iger chalked it up to Star Wars fatigue. Um, the reason the movie didn't do as well as as projections. I still insist, and we've talked about this. I'm not going to go deep back into it because we've talked about it several times here on the show. But I think the biggest thing for people was that they just weren't willing to see a fan favorite character played by another actor. Yeah. And it wasn't like they went, okay, so for example, right now, if they cast one of the kids from Stranger Things, it's not, ju- it, you know, it wasn't like, the actor, what, he, he did a phenomenal job, but it, he wasn't in something that everybody, everybody didn't see Hail Caesar. I mean, he was like, oh, he was breakout in Hail Caesar. Well, you know, who cares? Nobody saw Hail Caesar and they weren't like, ooh, it's that really interesting actor that I'm excited about. It was just like, here's a name. Now, like I said, I thought he did a great job with it, but he, for example, if they did right now Princess Leia and they cast Millie Bobby Brown, a lot of people are going to go see it because they've seen her. They're interested in her. They would, but you would still have a segment of fans that would say, that's not Princess Leia. Oh, and for sure. And would throw a fit about the idea of anyone else ever playing that character. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But, but I it, think... But it, it shows the hazard in mm-hmm. trying to make, and it's one of the reasons, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get a Leia series or a Luke series because right. they've got to be a little bit gun-shy Mm-hmm. of trying to recast those original characters and you know I, all the people that are screaming for a young luke series but you boycotted solo right you know yeah. you're not helping. talking out about both sides of your mouth there <laughs> yeah but but again people are talking about a luke series because 
they're gaga over Sebastian Stan. Some are. I, I just, I don't care if it's Sebastian Stan. I think that the most, if, as far as in the timeline we've got, like we've got a 30-year gap of really important story. Yep. And they're trying to just tell it with books. But they haven't told a lot of Luke's story in that it's, stretch of time. And you got to wonder if they're holding on to that for a reason. Well, and I think it's not accidental that the only book that they've come out with that deals extensively with Luke's story is all hearsay. Yeah. You know, it's all right. like, this is a story that I heard from a person who person and a person, you know. Um, so I, I think that that's intentional because then they can be like, oh, well, that's just how the story got around. That's not really, here's how it really happened. Real quick, I, you know, one of the things in some of the decline with, with Disney is Disney paid a lot of money. They paid $4.05 billion for this franchise. Right. And I think that they honestly thought that they purchased the fan base is what they thought they were buying. Right. And part of the reason, you know, so in, in doing that, they set out to create a new fan base. Right. While more or less ignoring the original fan base. And a lot of people are way too extreme with their hate of Disney. Mm -hmm. But there are some people out there with legitimate complaints. And Disney needs to redirect some focus on their on the original fan base. And I think they're doing that with the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the thing is, like, if Disney felt like they purchased the fan base and they had a lock... That was really naive because did they not see how the fan base reacted to all the prequel movies? That's why Lucas sold it because he was done with the fan base. Right. So, you know, as far as the stuff with the kids, I'm, I'm not buying, first of all, that kids don't like Star Wars. But Disney is sending some weird mixed messages or there's at least some weird mixed messages within the fan base. Okay, so... Me and you fell in love with Star Wars, the original trilogy, even right. though you probably saw it for the first time pretty close to seeing the... How far before? I probably... Okay, so I was probably about seven when I saw Star Wars the first time. So that would have been about 1994. Okay, so... Five years five before years the before. came out. Okay, so you fell in love with Star Wars by watching the original right. trilogy. I loved me some Ewoks. A lot of kids fell in love with Star Wars through the prequel trilogy. Yep. The thing is, is we're told constantly. In fact, every time an adult complains, somebody pops up and says Star Wars is for kids. Right. Okay. If Star Wars, if the original trilogy is for kids, if the prequel trilogy is for kids, then why do we have to do dumbed down animated series in order to try to draw kids in when the originals right. were always good enough to draw kids in. Right. They drew generations of kids in. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I've really enjoyed some of the shorts. Well, some of the shorts were really bad. There's been a lot of good ones and I feel like maybe they were having a little trouble. Like mm -hmm. I feel like they Honing really in. about two months ago, they like really like nailed it. And the ones they've done for the last two months have just been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, Rebels was fantastic. But mm -hmm. Rebels never told a dumbed-down story. No. They had an episode or two that were definitely for little kids. 
the droid episodes the droid episodes and the first space whales episode and and some of those i tell you what though the the kids kids watch the heck out of the space whales but and i like resistance okay but i really feel like it's probably the most dumbed down version of star wars i know i'm gonna get some hate for saying that right up until that that season finale though that season finale was much more it took a real turn towards the end Mm -hmm. so hopefully it kind of picks back up on that note Mm -hmm. but i mean they really made kaz like he's completely incompetent he just bumbles in he bumbles through life right and things just happen to work out and, and it's going to get tiresome unless they've done that so that they can grow him. Your bumbling idiot can only ever be so much of a hero. Right. So, and, and I know, I know somebody's going to get mad at me for saying that, but the truth is, is like I said, I like the show. We watch it with the kids. It doesn't stack up to Clone Wars or Rebels as far as an animated series. Now, the idea is that it probably was meant for a little bit younger audience, but I'm not a proponent of dumbing things down for kids. Yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, um, which is why our kids, bless their hearts, are downstairs watching I Love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I'm I'm not, I don't know if the numbers of kids that are really getting into Star Wars is down, but I, I don't know what metric. Right. I don't know how they're determining that. If they're determining that solely by toy sales, then they're barking up the wrong tree. Right. And I guess I kind of missed this because, well, as previously established, I'm getting old. But there, there is also a large contingent of of fans, young younger fans, um, who their real introduction to Star Wars was Clone Wars. Like we were talking about that with Cameron, you know. And he was, I mean, like he's like a Clone Wars encyclopedia. He's like, oh, in this episode, he wears this, and I'm like, for real. Like, mm-hmm. how, how do you keep track of this? But, like, he, he watched Clone Wars obsessively like we watched, you know, the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think Clone Wars did, Clone Wars drew a larger fan base mm-hmm. than something like Resistance ever will. Yeah. And I hope that they they find a stride because I think that's what Star Wars needs right now. It needs something to, that kids can tune into every week that they can be invested in. Um, and and now you have to remember though. Do you remember how much hate Clone Wars got when that movie came out? That movie was not that good. You talking about which one? Are you talking about that the, that initial Clone Wars movie that released in theaters? Yeah, the animated. To the problem was is it it's not as bad as it gets you know ragged on for being. The problem with it is is that it was never. It should have never been presented as a theatrical release. Right. If it was the pilot episode of the show, nobody would have flinched. Right. But when you put it in the theater and you said, here's some Star Wars in the theater, and everybody went, what is this? That's the worst. (laughs) I mean, people hated Ahsoka. People didn't like the different take on Skywalker. I mean, Obi-Wan, you know, apparently Obi-Wan's kind of hard to ruin because... I tell you what, people gripe about every iteration of every other character, but nobody ever gripes about Obi-Wan. No. <laughs> and so maybe it will kind of pick up, you know, kind of... I mean, and if you think about it, um, whenever Rebels started, I mean, Ezra wasn't... Ezra was very much like 
when we first meet Luke Skywalker. He, he was Aladdin, basically. He was, yeah, he was a combination of Luke Skywalker and Aladdin. Yeah. He's a whiny street rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he grew into, you know, a much more, a, a better character. Yeah, he you did. know he had and well that's that is what honestly that's what Dave Filoni has actually been brilliant at doing yeah. is taking a character that everyone hates that right and it, it's like when you when he introduces the character and and I don't know if it's an issue in the storytelling or not it, it's he introduces the character to you and you don't immediately go that's the most awesome character ever. Mm-hmm. But as you grow with that character and you get to know that character, you get a more real yeah. life t- kind of attachment to the characters. Yeah. I mean, they're re- really the only character, just thinking back to that like be- very beginning of um, Rebels, like Hera was the only character who was like, this person's got it together. I mean, you know, Kanan was kind of a mess. Ezra was a mess. Then they get, you know, they find the the clones and they're a mess. Everybody's a mess. But Filoni has shown a lot of uh, talent. And I guess uh, Henry Gilroy as well. Yeah. uh, Have shown an amazing talent for developing characters. Yeah, for sure. Maybe one of them should be the new Kevin Feige of Lucasfilm. (laughs) Honestly, I, I think both of them would be really good at the job, particularly... Um, Filoni. I think Filoni has proven himself, you know, in, in, in being able to, to see this big picture. But on the other hand, does he want to quit telling stories and just be the puzzle master? Right. I wouldn't. Well, right now he's not doing a lot of storytelling anyway. That's true. I mean, well, I mean, he's working on the Mandalorian, but. He seems like, based on that interview at Celebration, he's he and John Favreau were having way too much fun yeah. working on the Mandalorian. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about it is because of how much fun those two seem to be having with yep. it. Um, so, yeah, we will, uh, tell us what you think. If you listen to the episode, tell us what you think about, you know, are kids really not getting into Star Wars, or is this a misreading by trying to guess whether kids are liking Star Wars based on unrelated metrics. And I mean, may, maybe other people are seeing things differently than I, you know, I mean, you know, my pocket of Natchez uh, isn't huge. So maybe, maybe it looks different from somewhere else. The bottom line is if you want to, if you want kids to like, if you want kids to latch on to a story you have to give them heroes that they that they that that are genuinely heroic. Well, I mean, what are our kids currently clamoring to watch besides I Love Lucy? The next Clash of the Titans. They want to watch Wrath of the Titans because, you know, so cool. So, but I mean, after the Force Awakens, the number of rays and and it ray everything. Not just, I mean, at celebration, yes. I mean, literally, I bet you there were 3,000 tiny rays at Celebration. But every single con I've been to, you see little rays. Yeah. So maybe maybe this is the question. Every Star Wars movie up until 8 has been really latched onto by kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. All the originals, prequels, and The Force Awakens. Right. The Last Jedi... 
is written more like an art film, to That's be honest. True. Is it possible that The Last Jedi was the first time that someone told a Star Wars story in a movie that wasn't for kids? That's There may be something to that. Because even now, I was 13 whenever um, Phantom Menace came out. So that would have put me 17, 16 or 17, whenever Episode 2 came out. And all of the the politics was really convoluted. I mean, like, I didn't follow a lot of it, but there was the overarching story of, you know, here, like, you I had told a little... a, You told a story that had a lot of deeper stuff going on, but there was still definitely an element yeah. that... Like, I may not have understood exactly all of the, the contriving that landed them in that arena, but that made sense. Mm-hmm. Anakin and his obsession with Padme and his devotion to her and... His dynamic with Obi-Wan, that was all really easy to follow. Right. There's something about Star Wars. Part of the reason that it has persisted is because even though they say, well, it was written for kids, it appeals to all ages. But that... And it's like, the, it's like one of the things I always heard was about the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. You need to read it at least three times in life. Mm-hmm. You need to read it when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Read it when you're a young adult and read it when you're older and you will see different things in the story every time. That's true. Oh, man. We watched Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe recently and I cried when all those kids got on that train. It broke my mommy heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a complete... Well, but that is the that is the thing about the best children's entertainment. I mean... I'll sit down and I'll watch really good children's entertainment. Really the, good the parents ch- can sit and enjoy. I mean, it I them. can sit and I can watch Sleeping Beauty with my kids. I can sit and I can watch the heck out of some Aladdin with my kids. I'm low key obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. Um, I mean, and if you want to go something as silly and, and lighthearted as Veggie Tales, I mean, I was way too old for Veggie Tales when it came out, and then what, two thousand or something somewhere in there. I mean, I, w- I was... Oh, VeggieTales was around before that. Um, but I was a full-on a teenager before I ever came across it. But it was so fun. Yeah. I mean, it still holds up. I'll still sit down, you know. And that's the thing about entertainment is ultimately, which is why we can sit down with our kids and we can watch Lord of the Rings. We can watch Lucy. We can watch Lady and the Tramp. We can watch Pinocchio. Eh, not that's, I don't really like Pinocchio that much. But, you know, we can sit down... We can watch things that are made for adults. We can watch things that are made for kids. And we take a little bit different things from them. But if it's good, it's it's good no matter who it's targeted right. for. And the fantasy genre is very good at that yes. in general in appealing to a broad age group. It's because, because they it, see different things because of different life experience within the story. But it's it, it appeals to who we are as people. And that's the thing about Star Wars that I think has made it so in, in, endearing and has, has enabled it to endure so well is that it appeals to our most basic sense of who we are. The stories of being you know of of good and evil and making the right decisions and being loyal to the people that you love and fantastical things things that are completely out of your control and learning to control things that are 
should be completely out of control, that all of those things appeal to the most basic part of who we are. And who we are doesn't change from the time we're five until the time we're 100. Ultimately, we, the same things ultimately appeal to us because it appeals to our humanity. And, and I think that that's, that's what Star Wars does. It ultimately appeals to the fantastical and the groundedness that that we crave as humans all right well we'll move on from there and because we're kind of getting on up in in time here so i wanted to cover a few other things (laughs) there are some absolutely wacky rumors starting to pop up yeah because jj abrams he's he sits on a throne of lies and (laughs) 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 and nothing gets out that that man doesn't want known right so, you know, I don't, there's all these talks about leaks and all that. And I, frankly, I don't buy it um, because they've been so strict with this. I mean, some stuff's bound to get out. We did get one little bit, a little tidbit earlier today, actually, that's worth mentioning that uh, John Williams' brother, who um, he's a percussionist. I don't know what all he does, okay. but they were talking, he was talking about the music, Star Wars music. Okay. And made the comment that that John Williams had something like a hundred and I think it was a hundred and thirty five minutes of music to write. Wow. So that's a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Frankly, I'd be a little disappointed in a two hour and fifteen minute movie, but if that's what they need to tell the story and it's all there, yeah. Then go for then it. Whatever. I'm hoping we're a little closer to three hours. Yeah. But I don't want them to stretch it out for the sake of stretching it out because we've seen that go really bad with films. Mm -hmm. The Hobbit, anyone? Locking Jay. Part two. Yeah. (laughs) So. No. What was the last one? It wasn't Locking Jay. I don't remember. I didn't like it. (laughs) Whatever the third Hunger Games movie was. The first one. Something about fire. Chasing fire. I don't remember. Like. I can't believe I can't remember this. Anyway. Okay. So run through a couple of the rumors here. Mm. We're not going to do a lot of them. I think they're nuts. I think that a lot of these are just people really like grasping for something to this talk about. This should be about. our new segment, The Rumor Mill According to Andrew. <laughs> um, I, there's some, some really wacky stuff. Okay, so I'll start with a simple one, see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. This one's actually persisted for a while. This one's actually okay. persisted since The Force Awakens, but it's cropped back up recently. That... Maybe a, another Force-sensitive person has been hiding in plain sight this whole time. Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar, Jedi Knight. We knew it. No, Finn. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need it for his story. And why wait until now to break it out? Well, I don't think it even matters. I, I think we don't necessarily have to talk about whether he's like this hidden Jedi, but that he's got some some force sensitivity. But it seems like someone's serving in the service of yeah of Snoke. They're looking. They're looking for force sensitive people. Right. It seems unlikely that a force sensitive was a janitor. Yeah. For the First Order. Like, I think if he's Force-sensitive, they either find a way to utilize him as something besides a trooper, 
or they kill him. I don't think. Right. I, I, I don't like it. I, I think it creates a lot of problems with the way they tell us that their programming and everything works. All right. So let's talk about another room. This is a big one. Okay. Okay. So Wait, Palpatine's a clone. Well, that is a rumor that okay. Palpatine may exist in some sort of clone. I mean, what what kind of form do you think Palpatine's going to take? You know, we've talked a little about that, but I don't know if we've really locked down like what we think is going to happen. All right, I'm going on the record saying I think he's going to be some kind of evil force ghost. I don't know how they do it, but I think it works. That's yeah. my that's my story, and I'm sticking to so, it. So so something not you know some sort of spirit or or something like that, not something flesh and blood maybe he's even figured out a way to restructure his corporeal body okay i mean i'm okay with that but i I think he was dead and now he's still hovering around that's my story i i tend to agree it may be totally different it could be a clone you know i don't like clone the thing about the clone though is that would be drawn directly from the expanded universe Mm mm-hmm now, I personally think because of things that we've reintroduced into into canon from the EU, mm-hmm. that he's going to be some sort of wraith. Yeah. Um, he may... And like I said, I mean, if he's if he's manipulating midichlorians to make Anakin Skywalker a thing, why can't he manipulate midichlorians to even make himself a new body? I'm okay with that, too. Right. So, I'm not sure how Spe- he's going to manifest, but I... I, I think it's interesting. I think, and I'm okay with him showing up as some sort of evil force ghost or wraith yeah. or. And speaking of lies, I officially do not believe that Matt Smith 100% is certain that he doesn't think he's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what's up with that, but we'll see. He's he's hidden in there somewhere, I suspect. But you know, he... NDA. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, so the, the other rumor that's kind of floating around, this is kind of a new one that came up this week. And this one's actually interesting with some previous, some old, you know, 10, 15, 20 year old rumors about Star Wars Mm -hmm. is that somehow Ray is sent back in time in his Shmi Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. That. I did hear that. Okay. So that, that, that. Anakin, we always thought the possibility was that he was created by either Plagueis or Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Marisha just like, had an aneurysm. I don't like this one at the all. The part of Daniel Peoples played tonight by Marisha. <laughs> um, uh. No, I really don't like the rumor. The interesting part of it is, is that there was always some speculation that this was being told in a ring cycle. The Skywalkers is a ring cycle. The father is a son is the father is a son. So messed up. No, I don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Was, wasn't the other part of the story that Kylo Ren was the father? No. Oh, okay. It's that the, 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 the rumor that was always, the, the possibility that he was always created by, by Palpatine. Right, right, yes, Who's yes. back. Right. Okay, so that, I just, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it for a reason other than the concept. <laughs> okay. Okay. What I actually don't like about it is we've put a lot of effort into Ray being the new hero, right? right? 
Ray is a complete throwaway character if we brainwash her, make mm-hmm. her lose her memories, whatever, and send her back to the past to, to carry, be a slave. To to be a slave and carry the the child Anakin Skywalker. At that point, all and she then to is, die a tragic death, never remembering who she is and having lost all of her abil- force abilities. Yeah. I think that that would be that would be the same tragedy as having Luke Skywalker toss that lightsaber over his shoulder and say, "The Jedi need to end." But maybe even more so because just from a feminist perspective, you've put a lot of energy into making this character like a female, a formidable character. And you throw her back in the past, make her a slave, and the only thing she is is the mother of Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Not that being a mother is not a noble and a sacred calling. No, but, but if you if, create her as a powerful character and then you completely sweep that out from under her and make her a nobody. She's just this person. I Yeah, I, I feel like that really would do a disservice <clears throat> to her character. The ring cycle concept is interesting. I like the ring cycle concept. Make it, I mean, I do, but I don't like that way of doing it. No, not at the cost of one of our heroes. No. You know, if they want to because throw like out. Because like I said, she does die a tragic death. Shmi Skywalker does. Now, if they want to. And so we throw her away in that. I mean, at least Luke redeemed himself at the end. I mean, if, if you wanted to, I mean, send send the um, Billy Lord's character back and make her Shmi Skywalker. Something else. Yeah. But not right. I really, like, the closer we get, the less likely I think time travel is going to be involved in this. It's so I think we're going to get some, there's some talk about, there's been some talk about Ray and Kylo. There's been talk about teleporting, that Ray is going to manifest the ability to force teleport. I don't like that idea either, except that if we're going to get into force teleporting then i think it ups the odds that maybe luke skywalker is actually out there somewhere yeah i'm okay with weird force abilities coming out i'm okay with weird force abilities but the ability to transport across the galaxy is a pretty massive power and we've always talked about you know there were always arguments against bringing in characters like star killer because you know, he's too overpowered. Because he's too overpowered. You know, the ability to stand on a planet and rip Star Destroyers out of the sky, which they told the same story of Luke ripping Star Destroyers out of the sky on Jakku. Right. In the, um, yep. the Luke Skywalker, Legends of Luke Skywalker book. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you can, I'm okay with some Force characters wielding massive power, but we saw Luke Skywalker wield possibly do the most one of the most powerful things ever done by a jedi master Mm -hmm. and it cost him his life and see that's the thing if we're gonna say that ray can teleport herself then it's related to what luke is doing in the last jedi and it kills him right but that's the thing maybe they're not teleporting as much as i I think what we're going to get is some visions there's talk about that that book cover the art mm-hmm. of the rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. where we see them standing, uh, Ray on one side and 
uh, Kylo on the other, like above Don't and below. Don't we just think it's symbolic? I think that it may just be symbolic, but I also think that we could get some stuff going on where as they're fighting, we're getting visions of the past and mm-hmm. possibly the future occurring while they're fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're actually going to be teleporting around the galaxy to all these important places. That's kind of like silly. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I, I'm okay when Star Wars is a little goofy, but that's that's too much. Okay, but there... It's also, I don't want to go... I don't want this to be some... This is the last chapter, and I don't want to do some crazy, over-the-top, high, uh, like, science fiction, high-minded science fiction stuff. I want a I want a true fantasy story ending of good versus evil, right. and when we get to the end, I want to know like where everybody's standing. Right. I think there might be some grain of truth to that particular rumor about them teleporting, but I don't think they're actually teleporting. All I can say is if they're teleporting, Luke Skywalker better be sitting on, on the homestead on Tatooine, just waiting. Sipping his calf, huh? Yeah, or his uh, yeah, bantam milk. His blue milk, yeah. Blue milk is way better than green milk. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would think any milk that came from a more cow-like creature rather than a, <laughs> you know. We should make green milk uh, shakes at our next May the 4th party. Mm. Just to shake it up. We had a friend, y'all. We made milkshakes one year with blue milk. He refused to drink the blue milkshakes. He wanted... A vanilla milkshake with no blue dye in it. Yeah, this wasn't a kid either. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope, he just couldn't get past the weird blue blue thing. So are there any other rumors out there that you've heard? There's a lot of them. I, I mean, there's actually a rumor, the the new character, the bounty hunter, Zori Bliss, the character we've... Car- mm-hmm. the, I think it's Carrie Russell's playing that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, is wearing the helmet, the okay, cool-looking yeah. helmet. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of rumors around her. One that she's somehow tied to Ray. Okay. Uh, the other is that she filmed a scene with Mark Hamill. Really? Now, those are, like I said, those are just pure rumor. And I, I'm personally not buying any of this stuff. I think this is all manufactured for the sake of having something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good rumors. If you've heard any good ones that we didn't touch on here, if you want, you know, we'd love to see them in the comments or... Uh, let us know on Twitter and we'll talk about them in the next episode. And other things, the only other thing we really had going on is uh, we got a little announcement. They're finally, they're scoring the Mandalorian, which means they're awesome. They're getting close They're If they're scoring it, it's ready. It, it's they're adding the music and mm-hmm. final I'm touches excited. and November is going to be here before we know it. I know. I can't wait. And we also got a little bit of an announcement that joining, joining the Mandalorian on release day, for Disney Plus, mm-hmm. we're going to get episodes one through seven. Okay. We won't get eight and solo until they finish their contractual obligations with Netflix, Netflix or whoever right. else they're streaming with. We're getting Rogue One. We're getting Rebels, The Clone Wars. Yes. Um, including, I, they haven't said yet if we're getting the Clone Wars animated series on release. The, the new The, the new, new season. season. We want the new. I mean, come on. It's been like three years since they started it, that. Right. But it's, it's do we drop, do they drop the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars I mean, at the same time? They, they, they released the teaser for that over a year ago. 
It's true. I mean, it's, it's ready. It's been cut. It's, so I think it's going to go unless they've decided they want to space that stuff out. The thing but is we that- also really, I don't know that we've been told for sure how they're planning on releasing these new seasons. If they're just releasing them one episode at a time, you bet your butt they're doing them at the same time. Probably so. But they can release them one week at a time and basically take us up till the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm. We've still got a lot of news coming. We're going to start hearing a lot more about The Mandalorian. I, we're probably, we're like two weeks out from D23 and we're probably getting a trailer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready for a trailer. Then we can talk about that at great length. Yep. All right. So other than that, we're just, uh, like Marisha said, we're in the process of moving. Hooray. And work is busy and it's going to be chaotic, but we're still going to find a way to do a show. And it looks like next week we're expecting Daniel to come back to the show. So if you've got comic book questions, make sure to send them to us on on our channel Twitter page, on the comments on this uh, episode, or send them to, he's at Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. And you can send him your comic book questions, and he is really good at comic book questions, so fire away. And three weeks from now, we will be going to Dragon Con. And if you're going to be at Dragon Con, if you're listening to the show and you're going to be there, uh, hit us up on Twitter, and, and we'd love to catch up with some people while we're... We need we're... con friends. <laughs> we do. Like I have like a lone con friend. I guess it's because we have kids. It's hard to have friends when you have kids. But we would love to be your con friend if you're going to be at Dragon Con. So we're, you know, we got... We got stuff coming up, and like I said, we'd love to meet up with you at Dragon Con. And uh, we'll, we'll have stickers to give away at Dragon Con as well. So, uh, Marisha, you got anything else to add? Um, well, you can find me mostly these days on Instagram. I haven't been very good about Instagram lately because so busy all this summer has been insane. But I'm working on a couple of things now. Um, my kids are going to be wearing super awesome star wars costumes for the masquerade uh, at dragon con so that's going to be cool uh you can find me at princesses underscore and underscore padawans on instagram and princesses and padawans.com and um i also on twitter princesses uh p padawans on twitter okay and i'm andrew gore and you can find me running the Twitter account for the website and for this podcast at Psy underscore Fictionary. You can find me on my personal account at Darklighter580. Make sure you check out our kids podcast. that The we, Padawan Report. The Padawan Report. You go to our channel, look down. I, it has a separate image on it to make it easy to find. Check those out. They're short. You can listen to them in 10 to 15 minutes. And we really enjoy doing those with the kids. And we'd love to know what you think about them. Until next week. May the force be with you.